Welcome to Grit, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And today we have an amazing guest with us. I'm super excited to learn more from James and to get to know James better. But today I'm here with James Harris. Most of you probably know him from the Million Dollar Listing in Los Angeles. And he runs a real estate team, has had amazing success. I believe your largest home you've ever sold is $120 million, which is more than most teams actually, well, at least five years ago would sell in an entire year, but in volume in one house. But the goal used to be $100 million for a team. And now we have a lot of teams doing a billion dollars, but you guys have just crushed it. And I'm excited to hear your story and excited to, to learn more about some of the things you guys are doing. But anyway, welcome to the show, James. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you having me and excited to have a chat, Brian. And yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, my pleasure. So I want to go back in time. So you are from London. Is that where you grew up? Tennessee. No, born and raised in London, grew up there, moved out here when I was 21. But yeah, born and raised in central London, loved living there. But we'll get into that, I'm sure. So let's dive right in. So somebody, a 21-year-old, you know, boy that grows up in London, and I was just in London watching Wimbledon a few months ago, loved Amazing. it. Amazing. Best tournament. Loved it. But how at 21 years old do you just say, hey, I'm going to LA? Yeah, good question. And it's a long story. I'll try and shorten it for you. But, you know, I quit school when I was 16. I just, I wasn't an academic kid. I suffered with extreme ADHD. I was thrown out of every school. Regretfully, I do not recommend it, but that was just my story and my journey. And from a very, very young age, I wanted to go to work. I wanted to sell. I was always intrigued by selling and I loved real estate. And so when I was 16 with no resume, I decided I was going to go out and find myself a job in real estate. And that's exactly what I did. And I actually got started in a family owned business in Northwest London as a residential assistant within an agency. I was so willing at that age to do whatever it took, whether it was making coffee or running mail through the, the mail machine or getting keys copied or whatever it encountered, I would do it. And I was actually at that company doing residential for two years and I worked my way up the ranks and then I moved into the commercial sector within the same company, did another two and a half years there. And then when I got to the age of 21, I don't know if it's the same in America, but when you finish school in the UK, before you go to university, you have a gap year where you go backpacking and you travel the world and you take a year off before you go to university. I never did that. So at 21, I'd been working for five years and I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to just see what was going on out there. And I came to L.A. for three months 
And that was 18 and a half years ago. But when I got to LA, the economy wasn't doing too good. I ended up trading commodities, which was a great market at the time through the recession. And then David, my business partner, then came out. And the long and short of it is we then set up our real estate business about 10, 11 years ago. And the rest is the rest is history. And we'll get into that part shortly. Okay. So David is also from London. Dave is born and raised in London. Dave and I grew up together. Our parents are best friends. Okay. And we've known each other since the day we were born, which is awesome. So so you're out here in LA and you're like, hey, you need to come here. You know, you guys have been best friends forever. And you're like, just come here. Let's build a business together. That is pretty much exactly what happened. David was actually doing commercial real estate in Europe. He was actually working in Bodrum at the time. And then the 2008 recession hit and everyone lost everything, including the the company Dave worked for at the time. And I think he was just down and out. Everyone was, if you remember. And I'm out here living in LA, having the time of my life. And then I was like, Dave, come on out, come on out. And that's exactly what he did. And we worked together trading commodities for a while. And then it was like, okay, the, the economy is getting back on its feet. We both have a passion for real estate. We both trust each other implicitly. It's a no-brainer. Let's set up the business. And, and that's exactly what we did. Okay. What a great story. So yeah. I'm excited to continue down this journey. But I want to stop for a minute. You just talked about 2008. Everything blew up. The economy blew up. We're definitely in a recession, right? Things are changing here. It's different than 2008. What are the similarities, like from your perspective? Now, you guys are in this different world than the typical realtor, right? A typical realtor sells a $400,000 house and, you know, they might sell 40 homes a year, 20 homes a year, whatever it is, but it's a completely different world. I think when everyone gets in real estate, their dream is actually to go show these beautiful, gorgeous homes like the ones you guys are in every day. And, you know, they're not thinking about prospecting. They're not thinking about any of this stuff when they dive into real estate. They're just thinking about, I want to go show these amazing homes to these people. And so you've kind of got the, the life that every realtor, I think, dreams of. But let's talk about the economy for a second. How do you see today's economy different from the one in 08? Good question. Look, the first thing is that, I have varied opinions on the economy and we'll get into that. But I do want everybody to know that the dream isn't, well, the dream is always to sell a 50 million, 100 million, $120 million home. And we love selling those big, amazing, beautiful homes. But actually, if your market is 400, 500, $600,000 homes, a million dollar homes, that to me is unbelievable. I never discount or turn down a listing or turn my head away at any type of business. Because to me, that's bread and butter business, right? Those deals are always going to get churned out and they're always going to keep going. And those are the deals that are going to pay your bills, put your kids through school, keep the lights on, keep food in the fridge. So whilst I love the big glamorous deals, don't get me wrong. But for me, doing the, again, in our market, it is different, but a million to five million, I love that all day long. So yeah. I'll say thank, that. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's important because, you know, being an elephant hunter isn't always fun because killing it's, those elephants takes time. <laughs> it does indeed. And I don't want anybody to have a misconception or idea that that's all we do, right? Yeah. We do it 
and everyone can do it. And, and by the way, if you're anywhere in America and you're selling a $400,000 home, I almost guarantee you within an hour drive, there's a million dollar home. People yes. need to get outside of their comfort zones of selling these four, 500,000, if that's what your bread and butter is. Take the drive, go somewhere west for an hour and go find the million dollar homes. Go door knock uh, an hour away, spend a night there. I don't care, but get out of your comfort zone from doing the smaller deals that you're used to doing and go break records an hour away. I don't care, it's two hours away, go do it. Yeah. With regard to the economy, I don't think we're in a 2008 recession. That was a subprime crisis. I think the movie, The Big Short, was the best example of what happened in 08. I don't think the banks today are just lending to absolutely anybody. I don't think there's a ton of toxic debt that's out there that's going to default, even through COVID. I do think inflation is rampant. I think we can all agree the cost of living is ridiculous. And I think that through COVID, we've injected billions and trillions of dollars into the economy because we had to globally. And now that that's sort of coming to a halt and inflation is rampant, the Fed have to raise interest rates to calm inflation. So it's going to get very rough out there for real estate agents, I would say for the next eight to 12 months. I think we're going to see rates rise again in November, potentially again in December. But I think come towards the end of Q1 of 2023, I think inflation is going to be calm. And I think you'll start to see rates going back down. So I think as real estate agents, we have two pitches, one to our buyers and one to our sellers. And both are true, right? To the buyer, if you're working with somebody right now, it's go and buy right now because rates are only going to continue to rise. And not only that, go out and find a deal because you're not marrying your interest rate, you're dating it. So go buy something right now that's a deal. Turn around in six months, a year, two years, refinance out, get a lower payment, and then enjoy the capital appreciation of your home going up. To sellers right now, well, now's an unbelievable time to sell because if interest rates continue to go up, your price is going to come down. And that's where I think we're going to have a small issue is sellers that don't have to sell are going to sit on the sidelines through this storm. And we're going to incur the same problem that we've had over the last two years through COVID, which there's, there's no inventory. So as agents, my best advice is think outside of the box, get creative, sharpen your toolbox right now and be prepared to put in 110% over the next six to 12 months whilst we weather through this storm. Some people will make it, others won't, but I definitely don't think this is 08. And I definitely think if you work hard and you put in the time, you're going to come out of this with flying green colors. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And thank you for sharing that with us. So coming back to your story, you guys come from London, then your partner comes out here, David joins you. And like, how do you go from that being brand new to, to where you are today selling a $120 million listing, a $75 million listing, a $54 million listing, the list goes on and on and on. Like, how did you get into that market? Because you just told people, look, get out of your comfort zone, right? Go break into this market. We have a friend here in Utah that just sold one of the largest sales ever here, which was a $37 million listing. And nobody could even comprehend it. But for you, like that's maybe on the smaller end. So how you know, do you do 
That to me is the best question, right? How did we do it? And, you know, I often wonder to myself, how did we do it? And people are looking to us for these insanely wild answers of this magic wand that we waved and just we got lucky or magic happened. But I'm going to break it down very simply for you. We worked our asses off. We rolled up our sleeves. We did not stop until we got where we needed to be and where we wanted to go. This is a very simple business that so many love to complicate, okay? We got into the business, we set up our website, we looked at every single large agent around America, we looked at their brand, we looked into what they did, how they did it, what they, just how did they get to where they are? We researched it. The beautiful thing about real estate is you can research what your competition's doing. And instead of copying it, you can reconstruct it so that it speaks to you. And when we first got started in the business, it was right around the time in Los Angeles that developers were buying dirt and they were building these insane 50, 70, $100 million homes. And that was when we got started. So we realized very early on, developers don't care who they work with. They care who brings them the deal. And if they have an ounce of loyalty, they'll usually give that agent that brought them the deal, the listing on the back end. And that was where we started our business. We went out door knocking every single freaking day of our lives, Monday through Friday. We would not come home until one positive thing had come out of that day. And we door knocked and door knocked 10 hours, 12 hours. We didn't care. And we made fun of it. We had fun doing it. We laughed. We created memories. And we literally built the back of our business, the backbone of our business from going out and door knocking. And I've shared this story before. But one of our first ever deals was a teardown in Bel Air that we sold for six and a half million dollars from a door knock. And we literally earlier this year just closed it, which was God, 10 years later, because the developer took 10 years, we sold it for $38 million. But we've built our business with, I'm talking over probably a billion dollars of sales today have come from the teardowns that we sold, staying in touch with the developer through the time of build to listing it and getting it sold on the back end. And that's truly how we built our business. We would then sit open houses every single Sunday. Open houses are free. They take three hours of your time. If you show up prepared, hungry, knowledgeable, and ready, there is no reason you shouldn't leave every open house with at least three great leads of potential people that either want to buy, sell, or are going to sell, or are going to buy the house that you're sitting at. Between open houses, door knocking, networking, hard work, dedication, that's how we founded and set up the business. And in real estate, if you work something to its full potential, it will lead to five other things. It truly will. And that's how we started. And back then, we didn't have softwares like Sisu and management softwares and all these different types of softwares that could actually help you streamline what the hell you were doing. We would just do it on a piece of paper, an Excel spreadsheet, title. Now we've got actual softwares that can help us streamline what we're doing and be more efficient with what we're doing. And we didn't have that. So again, it's really and truly rolling up your sleeves and getting down to work and not overthinking everything you do. I believe the fact that we knew nothing was our biggest attribute. 
because we didn't let anything get in our way. We didn't let anything stop us. And we didn't let fear get in the way of our success, even though there were these big agents that were scary and cutthroat, aggressive and trying to put, you know, roadblocks in front of us. We just kept going. We kept going. We kept going. And long and behold, it was like, oh, the Brits, oh, the Brits. Oh, God, the Bond Street boys, the Brits, the Bond Street boys. And more and more and more people would hear your name. We'd get in their way. They'd get in ours. And boom, that was 10 years ago, man. And here we are today. So it's hard work and dedication. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. I'm glad you shared that because I think so many people think, oh yeah, this just happened overnight, right? Everyone thinks overnight success and they don't see the grit. They don't see the work. They don't see the challenges. They don't see all that stuff that took you guys so long to go through. My guess is, no, how big is your team today? 13 people. We've actually kept it relatively small to the amount of business that we're doing. And we've done that on purpose. That's done by default. We've always wanted to run a lean and mean operation. That's not to say that's not going to change. And that's certainly something that we are thinking about. But we wanted to keep it lean and mean and make sure everyone on our team was doing a tremendous amount of business. And we've got the most unbelievable team. And I'll tell you, we would not be where we are today without our team, period, because that is the backbone of your business. And I think any successful business out there, any successful business, whether you're talking to the CEO of Apple, Elon Musk at Tesla, I don't care who, Microsoft, it doesn't matter, Virgin. If you don't have a strong backbone, infrastructure, team that can support you and back you up, you're worthless. And so I'm very grateful for the people on our team that have allowed us and helped us to get where we are today. Well said. So a lot of those people are probably on the admin side of the business, some of those on the sales side of the business. I'm guessing you guys still do open houses today, right? Absolutely. Uh, Every single Sunday, our team will have at least five to seven open houses. We always bombard our open houses with open house signs because branding and marketing is repetition and consistency. And if people see your signs over and over and over and over again, they start to have a subliminal sort of message of James Harris, David Pons, James Harris, David Pons. Who are these guys? And so we make sure that we are open every Sunday for every single listing that we can and we bombard them with signs. Very important. Yeah. So my wife has a team now of 75 agents. And wow. I went in and spoke to them this week, actually. And I said, look, if I were in the business today, getting start, whether I'm getting started, want to keep my business going, I'm going to do an open house every single week, at least. Right. Absolutely. And I'm going to put up at least 50 that. signs, at yep. least 50 signs every single open house. So, Amen. And flags, right? You've got to have the big flags because they look so good. Right? <laughs> yes. So I think this is important because I think a lot of people would look at you and say, look, he's achieved, he's at the pinnacle, he maybe doesn't work anymore, it lets everyone do stuff for him. And yet I know personally, just from our conversation before this call, that you actually have a Tom Ferry coach. I do indeed. And let me just backtrack. You say I'm at the pinnacle. I look at myself as so far from the pinnacle. I am nowhere even close. If the pinnacle's here, I'm here. And the reason for that is I don't think you ever stop growing. And I think that anybody that thinks they're at the pinnacle or they think they know everything or they become a know-it-all, and I know a lot of those people, at some point, they will lose it 
because my first boss in the company I started at when I was 16, who'd been in the business at the time, 40 years, he said to me on my first interview, he said, the day that you become unwilling to learn or think you've known everything is the day you're over. And for me, as long as I'm learning, I'm growing. As long as I'm growing, I can get to new heights. As long as I can get to new heights, I can continue to build. And truly, I'll never stop learning, which means I'll never stop building and growing. And that's always the goal for me. Yeah. And thank you. I mean, the minute you think you've hit that pinnacle, you're done, right? The minute I think so. You, I there's, no, there's no way to coast uphill, right? If you're coasting, you're always going back down. So, And if you're ever comfortable get uncomfortable because the moment I'm comfortable in anything I do, A, it becomes boring to me, but B, comfortability is never going to allow you to grow, right? And I will say this, if you look at any wealthy person around the world, right? I'm talking wealth of anybody, you name it, a billionaire, the most wealthy person, what? they have someone they answer to, right? So we're always growing. We're always growing. If you don't think Elon Musk has to answer to the banks and the people that are loaning him money and the company he wants to acquire, everyone's answering to somebody, right? So there's always a step to go above and become better and bigger and learn more. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I love it's that mindset that got you to where you are today. So, so today here you are with this business and you're like, how can I continue growing and evolving and developing? And you have a Tom Ferry coach. Yeah. And that's been tremendously, tremendously helpful. I've watched Tom from afar for years and years and years. And he is just an unbelievable human being. You know, he really does live it and breathe it. He's passionate about it. And at the point that we decided to get a coach was at the point we decided that we're ready to scale our business and grow it. And as great as we are at selling, I think anybody in business needs to identify their strengths and their weaknesses. And I'm the first to put my hands up and say that my absolute weakness is structure is trying to understand the numbers or the structure of how to do it. And so in business, you have to delegate to the people that are experts in that field. And I will say that Tom Ferry coaching sounds like an infomercial for Tom Ferry, but it's really not. It's how I feel has been tremendously useful and helpful to the growth of our business. It also holds us accountable, right? So every Monday, every Wednesday, we have our calls. We know we need to be there. We know we've got X amount of time to go over X number of things. And by the way, If we don't make that call or we're too busy, well, then we're not putting the growth of our business first. And that's just fucking stupid, quite frankly. So we're taking it very seriously. It's helping and we'll continue to do it as long as it's helping. And now I've managed to sit down and spend some time with Tom. Our coach Yvonne's amazing. And we're just we're loving the process of what it has to offer for sure. Great. Yeah, I met Tom about five years ago and he's an amazing individual and I'm hoping to go to Switzerland with him next summer to drive race cars around the country. That would be unreal, man. That sounds like fun. So anyway, here you are going down this journey of growth and building this business and all of a sudden walk us through this whole thing of how this million dollar listing came about. So... Such a crazy story. So we've been in the business for about a year and a half. I'm driving home one day. I get a phone call. I remember it like it was yesterday. I pull over to the side. 
and it's a casting director for this show called Million Dollar Listing. Now, I've heard of this show, but I've never seen it. And I think because the person on the other end of the phone says to me, so-and-so has told us that we should call you. We're looking for a new spot on the show. And whoever so-and-so was, I didn't know that person or I'd never heard of their name. So I thought I was being pranked. So I was I still engaged the call. I called Dave. I'm like, listen, Dave, I think we're being pranked. But I just got a call from a casting director for this show called Million Dollar Listing. And David goes, I love that show. I watch that show all the time. I'm like, OK, mate, cool. So <laughs> they set up a Skype interview with us for tomorrow. Or I can't even remember one or two days from that call. And we got on that Skype call and I'll never forget it. I really thought it was a prank. We took the thing that it was a joke. And I remember David in the back of the camera flexing his muscles and it was, it was a joke. And long <laughs> and behold, it was not a joke. And little did we know they were interviewing, I don't know, three to 400 real estate agents for this position on the show. And we went through several periods of interview process and we got down to the last 10 and they sent a full crew out to film with us for an eight hour day as they did with the other cast members to cut it into, I don't know, a two minute scene. And they ended up going with David and I, and that was eight years ago, if you can believe it. And we've had an eight year run on the show. I think we filmed over a hundred episodes. We recently parted ways with the show after a tremendous eight years that I'm extremely grateful for. And we'll never forget. And it was an unbelievable journey. Unbelievable journey. I'll bet. What an experience. So Lots how long does it take to film a show? Like, So that's a good question. So this is one of the longest reality shows in TV to film a season because they follow the transaction from the start, middle to end. So our season takes 11 months a year to shoot 12 episodes, which is unheard of, by the way. So it's, listen, it's a definite commitment. You know, I mean, I'm married with two children and run a business. So trying to shoot a show 11 months a year with two children can definitely become a lot. You yeah. figure out a way to make it work. You know, Josh Altman has kids. Tracy has kids. Flag is still a kid. But <laughs> you figure out a way to make it work and you have fun doing it. But it's definitely a lot. Great. What a journey. What an experience. Congratulations. I'm excited Thank for you. you still. That's amazing. So I see you, you know, you have this Facebook page, you have, what all do you do today to market these, you know, multi-million dollar properties that you guys have? So much, so much. I mean, your branding is everything in this business. The way you market is everything in this business. And you really need to be creative in how you market properties today, right? If I have, and I'll use our local market as an example, but this, this goes for anybody. If I have a house in the Hollywood Hills that's modern, and I have a house in the Beverly Hills Flats that's Mediterranean, the chances are, not the chances are, they're completely different buyers. Therefore, I have to market those two properties completely differently, right? I can't send one brochure and just blast it to everybody. You have to get more niche and targeted in the way that you market. So yes, we use Facebook and social media, Instagram and TikTok to market our properties. We obviously do just listed mailers. We put these properties on our website. We put these properties on LinkedIn. We put these properties everywhere you can imagine. But then you have to start thinking about 
who's the buyer? And then you have to sort of reverse engineer how you're going to get out to that person. Maybe it's advertising in an international publication. If you think it's an Asian buyer, are you going to go and register to a platform called Kamaju, which is an Asian MLS where your properties get translated into Mandarin? Are you going to go to the Financial Times in the UK and take out a full page ad there because you think someone in London might buy it? You have to get creative in the way you market properties today. But generally speaking, Marketing is about consistency. If you do something, do it over and over and over again. If you're going to go on Instagram Live, do it three times a week. Set the time that you do it. Put the message out. If you're going to go on Facebook, do it consistently. You know, I think understand the message of who you are and what you're trying to achieve and be strategic in how you put that message out. I think you guys just... Some of the things you just mentioned, like who would think of putting this on a Mandarin website? Who would think of going to, you know, Europe and starting to post it at, after those markets? And I mean, I, I think that's what sets you guys apart in addition to the consistency, because consistency is everything. So it really is. It really, really is. So you actually have an interesting story where 16, you were done with high school. My son graduated from high school at 16. He was a professional photographer, traveling the world, shooting weddings, basically. COVID hits, he becomes a social influencer, moves to LA at 19. Very similar story to yours, actually. So just different. Is he still out here? He just bought a home in Florida, actually. And he's moving to Florida right now. So he's in Utah today. He left LA like a week ago. That's very cool. Very cool. You must be very proud. Yeah, it's it's fun to see that it's fun to see the growth. So anyway, I bring this up. I know you're a family man. You talked about your daughters, your wife. Talk about that. Like, how do you how do you prioritize so that you get to spend time with your family? Because I know it's important to you. Yes, it is. So if my wife was sitting next to me right now, she'd probably disagree with everything I'm about to say. (laughs) But balance is the key to success. And I am truly lousy with balance. It's something that I've worked on and worked on and will continue to work on forever. It's a very tough business, which doesn't really allow balance unless you really, really, really work at it, right? And and I'll get into that. My two daughters, I have a nine-year-old and 13-year-old, are my life, right? At the beginning of this, you said, oh my God, you came here at 21 and you grew up. I didn't grow up at 21, right? (laughs) I grew up the day my daughter was born, okay? I was 25, There is nothing like a child coming into the world that will grow you up real quick. And these kids and my wife have changed my world. They've changed my life. And I think for most parents, if not all, you don't live for you any longer. You live for the family. You go out every day and do what you do for your family. And it makes it all that much more exciting because actually when you're giving back, it actually makes it even that much better. Don't get me wrong. We like to do things for ourselves too, but I do everything I do every single day for my family. That doesn't mean I don't want my children to go to work and make their own money and understand how hard it is to make money, but I want to protect my family in the best way that I can. And that's why I go out and do what I do every single day. Balance, very hard to do. I make sure I'm home every single night, as long, of course, there are exceptions before my children go to bed. And I make sure I'm there every single morning before they go to school. That's a priority. One thing I will tell parents out there that are listening to this, special time with your children. No cell phone. Wow. 
the connection you'll build with your children when you're not looking at your phone and responding to text messages and emails and looking at Instagram and taking a call and just having 15 minutes of time with them. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? It's changed the game for me. And that's something that I do with my children most nights. We go on drives, we listen to music, we play Rummy Cube, we play Uno. And I think that connection with your family is so important because work can be very, very consuming. And you can never gain back time with your children or your wife or your family. So you have to create the time, live in the moment and do the best that you can at it. I love that you shared that. I think it's harder than ever to not be on your phones, right? And so put your phones down, actually spend time, just like you said, even 15 minutes of communicating, just being there, being present. I have a teenager, people. No one warned me about a teenager in 2022, (laughs) man. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. That's hard work in itself. So now when I have no phone for 15 minutes, some reason she's allowed to keep hers. <laughs> right, so right, exactly. I might as I was, well be I on my say, bloody phone. I was going to say, well. our youngest is 14 now, and, you yeah. know, us putting down the phone is not that big of a challenge. Yeah. Her putting down the phone, that's another story, Ooh, right? That's a whole nother story, man. I mean, I'm sitting so. there spending quality time with her, and she's taking these blurry photos for Snapchat. I don't know. I'm not even – I'm old and not cool. Is what my daughter tells me. I don't even know half the things she's on anymore. So I must be be getting old, man. I must be getting old. Well, James, it's been amazing spending time with you today. Before you leave, are there any last things, anything that you'd just like to share that you think is really important for our audience today? we've We've had an amazing conversation. The only thing I'll share is go ahead and find information about real estate that we didn't know when we started. And so, yeah, definitely subscribe. It's readtheblueprint.com. We put it out Tuesdays and Fridays. It's great information. And it's meant to be a two minute read that will make you go out and be a better agent that day. So definitely subscribe and let me know your thoughts. How do I subscribe to that? So you go to readtheblueprint.com. You put in your email and we will send you our newsletter. Okay. Readtheblueprint.com. You guys go there, sign up. Guarantee you this is something you're going to want to. I'm going to go sign up myself as soon as we jump off of here. So yeah, it's been amazing. Feedback feedback has been unreal. So definitely really exciting. Okay. Well, James, other than that, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you if they have questions or you're all over social. So I'm guessing it's pretty easy to get to you that way. Oh, just come to me through social and don't be shy. Okay. Awesome. All right, James, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. For all of you listeners, thanks for listening. It's you guys continuing to download this and to like this and to follow this that allows us to get people like James on the show. So James, it's been great. Enjoyed my time with you and looking forward to getting to know you better. Likewise. Thank you so much. Lovely chatting with you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset, iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.